0: Hey guys, this is me, Did You Move Today, A Tu Aujourd'hui, Te Y Moviste Welcome to a Did You Move Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. In this episode, I have Suvene as my guest. Suvene is a scientist in pharmaceutical company at Illinois. She got her PhD in chemical engineering from University of Illinois at Chicago. And during her PhD, her research was focused on colloidal and interfacial science. She also has interest in natural medicine, women's health, diet, and exercise on health. So I'm super excited to have her here. So without further ado, let's just get started. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Can you hear me well?
1: Yes, I can. Great. Can you hear
0: me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. So thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate your time. And I would like to start... Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Especially because we met just... A few years ago, mm-hmm. was it in the elevator or something like that? Yeah, I think I was in an the elevator. And back then you were working on your PhD? Yes, I was. And now you're a doctor. So I'm so excited to have you here. So Thank can you. you tell me about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Sivinor, and I'm from, like, northwestern part of China. So there's a minority over there. So we call them Uyghurs or in my language it's in Uyghur. So I did my bachelor's back home and um, I did my bachelor's in chemical engineering and then after I finished that I came to U.S. for my PhD in chemical engineering and in 2018 I finished five and a half years of long years of PhD studies and after that right now I'm working as a formulation scientist in a pharma company.
0: I know that. Um, why did you decide to pursue your PhD? Was it because you were moving here? Or why? what, what was it that you were like, hey, I, I want to continue with my PhD?
1: Yeah, so I was always a science and math girl since, like, like, when I was a kid. I was really good at those. So I had that interest in science, like, since I was a kid. My mom is a chemistry teacher, so she uh, built a a really good foundation for me in science and math when i was a kid and then i did my during my bachelor's i i realized that i need more science whatever i'm learning at that time it's not really fulfilling my science need so and i really wanted to come to us and then so that's how i ended up continuing my phd in chemical engineering and that's how i came to us too
0: I know your research uh, was focused on colloidal and interfacial science.
1: Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah, so it's a very big topic. So basically what colloid means is uh, you, you have this particle size between a nan- one nanometer till thousand nanometer, and th- they're dispersed in another medium. So that's called colloidal science. And interfacial science is basically whatever happens at the interface. So if you think about it, it's liquid-air interface or liquid-liquid interface. So in our um, daily life scenario, we have a lot of interfacial and colloidal size because most of the particle size is like 1 nanometer to thousand, and they're dispersed in another solution. You can think about it in water, too. So... It's a combination of chemistry, physics, nanoscience and so much more than that. So one of the examples for colloidal and interfacial science, what I did in my PhD is foam or um, like your daily uh, cleaning products. So those are count as a colloidal and interfacial science.
0: I recall talking about talking to you about soap. Yeah. And every time <laughs> every time I was like washing my hands, I was like, oh. I'm thinking about Sabina right now because yeah she's she's doing research was it like you were doing research on soap correct
1: yeah yeah so a lot of people didn't understand at that time I was doing soap like it's such a simple thing why are you doing that? Actually it didn't it has like a lot of very interesting science and engineering behind it, and plus probably now people realize because of COVID nineteen, everyone is washing their hands constantly, right? So, yes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I was doing. I was trying to study foam stability because if you want me to give you an example, sometimes you want really stable foam. For example, if you want to extinguish a fire, but when you are washing your hands, you don't want the foam to stable like extinguish a fire, right? So there is something that controlling that. So I was trying to study that. Even even breads, it's called solid foams because you will see very similar behavior in bread um as the surfactant or the foam solution that you're using.
0: Now that makes me think of I don't remember if I asked you this question in the past. Mm-hmm. But is it you know how sometimes when you wash the dishes or you wash your hands, there's more there are more more foam coming, like more bubbles. Does mm-hmm. that mean that the soap is better
1: than no, uh, no, soap that yeah. is? yeah? So I, I understand what you're asking. A lot of people ask me, even my uh, my family members. They still don't believe me because the, the foaming ability doesn't really tell you how good it can wash your stuff. So. The foaming ability is different than thing than taking off the dirt from the, uh, the, the, the dishes that you are using. So I was uh, in a conference a couple of years back. So there was a professor who's collaborating with L'Oreal, and they were uh, he was from uh, uh, Paris. So he was trying to study two uh, shampoo. One of them it makes really good foam, and then the other one it the foaming ability is not that good and he was trying to see which one washes your hair better and it turned out that both of them actually it's it's the same it's just as we are people we like that uh, the feeling of touching the foam and we feel like we are really washing when we see the foam but actually it's not yeah
0: that's right so what what kind of soap do you use
1: i try to use more natural ones because as a chemical engineer i really know what what they're, they're adding into the soap and then those cleaning products. So I try to use more clean products and more natural from the, our nature. <laughs> yeah. Now
0: I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about programming and okay. MATLAB and motion capture and all those things that for some of us, they can sound intimidating at the beginning of mm-hmm. grad school or yeah. even undergrad. I know a lot of people that are undergrad students that are even in the engineering department, yeah. more so in the engineering department that have to get familiar with a lot of programs. What can you tell me about it?
1: Yeah, so in terms of the programming, initially like I was that girl that was always like assuring people, hey, I don't like programming, you know, like I don't want to touch about like touch things about that. I don't want to do anything about programming. So that's what I did in my whole undergrad and you know things catch up with you um, if you keep telling like that so in my grad school it turned out my research is heavily involved with programming especially with the MATLAB image analysis so initially I was literally struggling because I didn't know what to do but since it's my research it's my duty to learn it so no one really taught me how to do the programming so I had a uh, one guy who's like ahead of me in a, in my PhD, he just gave me some codes and he said you can learn from there. So I started googling line by line, and then after years, actually I really liked programming right now. So initially, if you don't like it, that doesn't mean that at that you won't. It's just you are not really understanding uh, what that language is. So once you know how to do that, you will start liking. I think that's how all the uh, learning processes, that's what I'm seeing during teaching too. Like, if you don't like one subject, so you feel like it's hard, you can't do it. But once you understand that, then you are like, oh, okay, now I really like it. So now I love programming because I feel like I'm talking to someone um in their language and i'm learning their language if, if you understand what, the, what i mean you know
0: yes so
1: it, it, i think it's just a process if, if you just have your patience um and try again and again and you'll get to there i hope no, I let's talk about a question yeah yeah no you
0: definitely answer my question yeah. and the thing is that even if we don't want to use it, we have to use it at the end of the day. The majority of research, I mean, I don't know if the majority of it, but a lot of research requires some type of programming.
1: Yeah. In, when I was when I started, I didn't know anything about it. Um, but now after five and a half years, I can say I'm very uh, good at MATLAB. So it's just you need to learn step by step. And a lot of uh, resources are available online, you know, uh, it, and it's free, so you can just Google anything. But if you're learning MATLAB, Java, or um, Python, any, any language, there are a huge amount of resources, and inter- internet it can help you a lot.
0: I know you mentioned that you uh, teach students. Yeah. And I think that's very awesome. I mean, I know Thank we already you. talked about that, but yeah. I, I think that's great because you're also teaching people about science and how to love science and also helping them out with their exams in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know more about that. How did that even happen? I mean, you were, you finished your PhD.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, and then what happened?
1: Um, during my PhD, I did four years of teaching assistant yes. PA. So um, I really like teaching other people. Especially about what I know, and I want to benefit them, you know. And after I finished my PhD, I feel like I still want to do that part of my uh, life during grad school, even though it was really hard to balance TAing and doing research. But I, it was like the part for me that I can really enjoy. So I don't want to lose that. So after I finished my PhD, I continued teaching in another place. So the reason for that is I hope I had someone like me when I grew up, someone who can inspire me. Um, like because all the figures that I see in engineering as a scientist is a man, you know. I I don't I didn't see that much woman. Plus plus I grew up in a place that we don't see that many scientists. So if I had someone like me, maybe I would end up in a different place. So I, if someone can inspire little girls you know um that's what i really hope what i'm doing as a teaching if i can inspire one two girls uh, by doing this that will be a huge accomplishment for me so um that's the reason why i really enjoy teaching because students start asking you how you got to there and then uh, every time when they get a problem i get excited because of that because now they understand they're not going kind to of afraid of that so um yeah, and then a lot of girls they are afraid of math and science, uh, but I want to remove that barrier for them because it's not hard if a guy can do it. Everyone can do it, I feel There's no gender barrier in math and science.
0: I love that. I love Thank that, you. and I feel like I feel very related to that in a way because mm-hmm. coming from my background as... Like, after I graduated from Columbia College, Chicago, I got my B, my Bachelor's of Arts in Dance and my Bachelor's of Arts in Business. So I, Mm -hmm. I could define myself as I'm only in the business setting and I'm only Mm -hmm. in the, you know, dance, yoga setting. And then when I met you, I was like, wait, this girl is like super smart and she Mm -hmm. has like all this like science background. And so you were an inspiration for me because I was working so much. I I know you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Teaching, so I was working so much. I had my full time job. I was teaching yoga. I was teaching dance. I was doing so many things. And for some reason, when I met you, I I was like, I want to, I want to be able to talk like Suvi does when Thank she you. talks about science. So that i'm in that process of like now starting my master's like slowly my mind starts to become different in a way uh-huh. and it's very yeah. exciting because there's a lot of things that i didn't even think that i was going to do yeah. that i'm currently doing so you were an inspiration for me so i i wanted to tell you that
1: thank thank you so much i think we like to what i put a barrier for us like hey um uh, i can't do this i don't i don't know how to do this so i'm not good at it um I did the same thing and um, so when, when I tried to get into the, the grad school, the first thing is like, I'm not really good at physics, I don't want to continue with the physics. Uh, so I put a mental barrier for myself there. So it's basically I can't cross that barrier, you know, but what happened is I ended up in a group which heavily focused on the physics. So it's kind of um, it's a life circle for me because I needed to learn from zero at that time, you know? Even though I was so good at math and science, but engineering, it needs physics a lot. So learning from zero was hard, but now when I think about it, actually the life was teaching me in a way that it's showing me that, hey, you're not good at it, so you need to learn this. So um, I hope everyone can remove that barrier for themselves, you know, uh, so that they can achieve their limitless potentials
0: what kind of research are you interested in now do you still read research papers you read uh do you keep reading studies
1: yeah of course i love reading papers i can get so much out of it because the research is like 10 years ahead of us you know like uh, ahead of the current public so if i can get to that um, I, I love reading it yeah so right now i'm really interested in after graduating is women's health actually so um i really want to know um how we function and then how we are different than men because we, i hope I, I can talk about this so here a uh, woman has period right so we have different hormones so uh, we are very different than them the man hormone so I'm really excited learning about these things right now actually yeah that's what I'm really interested in right now
0: I remember you said to me once I was reading a, I think we were walking and then mm-hmm. you're like you know you have to start reading research and then yeah. the first time you're not going to understand it you have to read it again and then if you don't understand it just pause it and then come back yeah and I do remember that advice that you gave me
1: Yeah. Maybe a few years ago Yeah, yeah. my advisor, he gave me one paper, like, when I first started, like, grad school, I used to come back to that paper again and again, even, like, when I tried to do my defense, like, but every time I used to, like, extract uh, something from it, you know, every, like, every time I get something new, so, yeah, those papers are amazing, I love it. How is it
0: to work right now in a non-academic setting? When you started your PhD, did you know that for a fact you were like, I want to work in academia? Or did you think, well, I don't want to work in academia? Uh,
1: I, I got to a conclusion that I want to work in a uh, non-academic setting. Uh, so, But now, I, after I worked in a pharma company, like, right, uh, what I realized is it's very different than the academic setting. Uh, one of them is it's business-driven instead of science-driven. So in academia, you will give a pro- you will get a project, and then you take your time to probably five years to really figure that out, really get really deep into the scientific part of it. But in non-academia setting, what really matters is a financial part. Other that that can. Uh, be business for the company because the company needs to support the whole employee over there right and plus make some um, benefit out of it so it's more like business driven so financially driven however in academia setting it's more science driven i think that's the biggest difference that i see right now yeah
0: would you so this brings me back to my my other question um I think you just made a really good point, but I I never thought about it. So one is like business-driven and the other one is more scientifically driven. Uh But how about the fact that when someone is in academia, Uh to be a professor, you have to almost like work so much to get tenure and Uh work so much to, you know, for the IRB, for Uh the NIH to get your paper accepted. Do you think mm-hmm. that that will still
1: be financial or more about connections? um That one in academia, first you need to get you need to prove that your scientific ability. Then after that, you will start getting the grants from that, right? You, yeah. But if you really like the subject, of, out of it, working is like, I don't think that can count as a work. It's gonna be your like daily I don't know how to call that you know when you really like to do stuff you really don't think as that one as work so people who went to academia I would think that they are they really like the subject that they are doing they really like the research that they are doing and in terms of the financial part you're you need to support your uh, students right because you also need to leave so that that's hard for a lot of professors so that's the part that I, I was really afraid um, because I didn't want to get um, get too deep into there uh, in terms of financial part because it's very competitive in academia, you know. So, yeah, I think um, it for those who went to academia, I would believe that they really like what they're doing. So that's the reason why they went. And then that's the reason why they're willing to spend that much time in a scientific part. Otherwise, it, it's hard for others, you know, if you don't like what you're doing.
0: Is there anything that you would like to share? If you could go back to when you were in grad school or if you could just go back like this years that you've you've learned so much. Is there anything that you would do differently?
1: Mm, I would say no because um, I learned a lot. I came to U.S. and I came directly to grad school and uh, I didn't know anything about the culture here but Five and a half years, I learned everything in grad school. It was very tough, but in a short period of time, maybe it's a very long period of time for others, but for me, I would say it's a short period of time. Um, I learned a lot from it. So um, I'm not going to regret anything. I think it's just an experience for me.
0: Thank you very much for your time. I have two more questions for you. Sure. And my first question is, did you move today?
1: um today actually today is my rest day so uh, i was telling you before that i i, I right now i'm really focusing on a uh, woman's health right so yeah. i was reading a book called inflows so it talks about how women should move uh, with your cycle and uh, because cycle has four different periods so in the first two periods uh, you need to move really um, hard and that's where where you really need to do exercise and then for the last two uh parts you can slow it down so i'm right over there between the second and third part right now so right now i'm in the resting mode great I yeah i remember that in grad school i used to move a lot with you thank you so much for that yeah i
0: remember every day yeah. like at 6 a.m on fridays i do remember that
1: exactly and then
0: sometimes we went to uh fire cakes to yeah get uh coffee donuts sometimes
1: you get a donut yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I-, I love that
0: yeah it, really, it was they are really good memories yeah and my last question is if you could tell me in like one sentence or so what's movement for you
1: mm-hmm. i would say um walking uh, moving your body it's not only about the exercise it's about Everything in your life, actually, the the movement, uh, uh, what you are thinking is a movement to, and what you're experiencing is a movement to. So, I think it's everything is connected. For the moment, yeah.
0: Where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? Uh,
1: you can you can follow my Instagram. My Instagram is uh s u b i n u r and. I-L-S-H-A-T. I hope I remember that. I don't use social media that much, but I'll try to keep up on that. Great. I'll make sure, either
0: way, I'll make sure to post it on the uh,
1: thank biography, you, thank you. on the
0: caption, so that people can see, they can, you know, check your handle. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you your so,
0: so we thank you very much for being here. Again, I already told you, like, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being an inspiration for, for people and, and especially for me because, yes, I was already f- working full-time and doing all these things, but at the same time, I was like, there is something else that I have to – like, she's so smart. I I want to learn more and one day be able to talk like you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad um, I inspire you. That's what really meant, like means success for me. Thank you.
0: Yep. All right, guys, I hope that you moved today. And if you haven't, you still have a couple of hours and I'll see you in my next episode. Bye.